The elections are just around the corner, and this is likely the last interview on our podcast. It was quite a journey for me to get to know all the candidates and be involved in local politics like this, especially since I'm not a citizen and cannot vote yet. I will do one more episode on the election day itself, where I will be on the spot answering questions instead of asking them. It's going to be a fun one. My guest today is Glenn Sutherland, who is running for city council. He has a strong background in governance and is well-connected in the business, art, and sport communities in town. He is rational, practical, and will make sure things will get done. Let's get to know him. Hi, Glenn. So it's your first rodeo in politics, but you have a strong background in governance. Can you talk about your experience? Uh, a little bit about my background on the governance side. I was president of the Nelson Chamber years ago. I was on a committee that successfully relocated Willow Haven Seniors Care Center at Six Mile to the now Mountain Lakes. On a committee that successfully passed a referendum to add the rink and expand the NDCC Center in Nelson, as well as relocate Touchstones and uh, City Hall. I was on the board of directors for Interior Health Authority for nine years, Health Employers Association of BC for four or five years. I was the vice chair. Healthcare Benefit Trust, I was a trustee on that board for six years. I was on BCAA Board of Directors for 12 years. I was elected nationally to the CAA Board, and I was national board chair, uh, handling all of CAA's Canadian Automobile Association's international and uh, national affairs. So, yes, strong governance background. Can you say more about governance and what it entails? Oversight of the complete organization. Okay. Yes. Other candidates in our interview mentioned the connection between governance experience and politics. Is it the next step of having that kind of experience? Yeah, no, no not for me. I just, uh, I'm passionate about Nelson. I've always uh, enjoyed the governance side. It was a good opportunity, just the time in my life to get involved. So uh, at this point in time, I put my name in the hat with some other strong candidates and we'll, we'll go through the political process on October 15th and see where we go. Yeah. But I'm excited about the process, yes. About the process of getting elected? Yeah, it's, it's new. And it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that, uh, that have a voice that they want to share with you. And it's important to listen and, and uh, be transparent and not come to any quick judgment and, and then weigh that against a lot of things the candidates don't know about the city. We haven't seen all the documentation that the city has and been involved in those meetings. So, you know, you, you'll take both sides, weigh it out and make the best decision for the taxpayers. What makes you feel connected to the community? I've had a business here for 25 years. I've raised my family here. It's a place that I'm connected to in many, many aspects, right from the environment to just the people that are here, the business community, the strong, resilient business community that's here. Uh, there's a whole number of things that, that I just I love about Nelson that, that I look forward to helping uh, mm-hmm. along the way over the next few years. Okay, so you love Nelson, you want to contribute to the community, and you're connected to the business community. Do you also have an agenda about the housing crisis or the climate crisis? You know what, I don't, I, I think all those things play a very important role. Um, and I think each of us has, has a perspective that we came from. I think there's some people on there that are effectively dealing with the climate issue. And I think City Hall has done a great job addressing the climate change component of what they can do. They've got the uh, Nelson Next climate change document. They got corporate greenhouse gas reduction. They've got 
low carbon path to 2040. They've got an e-bike program, a community solar garden, energy red photo fit program. You can go down the list of stuff that they have. And I think the city has done a good job. I think it's important for council to ensure that this city, all the in-city employees and departments, they grasp hold of those documents. They work it into their business lines and cycles, and they really passionately get into what those documents say and make some decisions. And And if you gather metrics over time, I think, you know, there'll be better decision making and there'll be better outcomes for everybody. Okay. So you know governance and you like governance. That's good. What else do you want people to know about you, about who you are as a person? I think most people that are, that are here, they're here for a whole bunch of reasons. The first one is, is family. And uh, the second one is community. And I think we live in just an amazing place. I think the environment around us and the recreation and the sports and the culture and the arts and, uh, you know, the people that show up here to do business and the people that support businesses, they're uh, just a dynamic group that it's a great place to be. It's a vibrant community. Yeah. Do you live by values? Do you have values that go with you through life? Oh, they have to be strong. Yeah, absolutely. What are your values? Uh, you, you know, I, th- I think it, it's one of those things where you look at honesty, you look at transparency, you look at openness, you look at communication, you look at all the characteristics that, that you, would, you would hope to strive for. You know, those values are important to me. Uh, people in my life are important to me. The people around me and, and making sure that you treat everybody equally, no matter what their backgrounds are. Those things are what I aspire to, and, and they're just, they're important. Yeah, those are some great values to aspire to. I found out that when openness leads me, my perspective about things changes. Tell me about a situation where you've changed your mind when you've realized that, that you were wrong about something. Um, you know, I'm different. I'm, I'm the kind of individual where I take time to make a decision. And I make sure that I fully understand all aspects or both sides or all sides of, of what's contributing to a decision and you make the best possible decision. So at the end of the day, especially on the governance side, um, you know, if you jump into a decision, you may make a wrong decision. But historically, I've learned that, that you, you take the time, you make sure everything is evidence-based and that you're looking at accurate data or considering input that's very, very important for the long term. Uh, you want sustainable decisions. You want decisions that work for everybody and not just, not just for one. Um, so those are the decisions that historically I've tried to make in my life and, and going about it that way is, is, is worked out a, a lot better than, than some of the other options where you decide too quickly or it's just an emotional decision not based on fact. Can you talk about your upbringing and how your parents' political views affected your views about who you are, about what you know about the world, politics? I, I would say my parents and my family were, were more centrist. On a political spectrum and just in life, they were more about running down the middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, they wanted to ensure that they were fiscally conservative and, and that they respected a budget and what they worked within. So they were fiscally responsible, but they had a huge heart in the church. They had a huge heart for people that needed extra help. And so you tend to, to value both sides of the political spectrum and do your best to, to work at decisions that help everybody within that spectrum. 
So from this balanced and centric perspective, can you explain the tension we have around logging old growth forests in BC? The logging tension, it's playing itself out everywhere. You know, communities that were built by logging, especially small towns, are really considering the fact that they may not be around. Uh, you know, the number of mills has substantially decreased. Yeah. Uh, the value add in the province has decreased. Uh, they want to protect old growth. Um, there are a whole multitude of factors, and that's way above anything the council will need to decide yeah. or deal with. How, how I see it is that... Uh, there needs to be a balance between respecting the environment and sustainably growing and maintaining and managing the lands that we have. And we have to balance that with jobs. There are many, many jobs in a community that are reliant to whatever the resource is. And if that specific resource, whether it's timber or coal or whatever it may be, if it's being extracted responsibly, and it's being extracted with the best practices worldwide, and it's very efficient, I think that has to be weighed against just stopping it or not doing it and that kind of decision-making. So being in the middle where if there are organizations that are not doing best practice and they're not looking to the future to manage that asset properly, then I would have a problem with that. But if they are managing whatever the asset is effectively, they are considering all of the things to make it green, right from transportation to the, the mill and how efficient and green the mill is and the fuels they're using and all that. It, it, you know what? I, I really think there's a place to improve how we deal with those things, but it has to be in balance. You can't go extreme to one side or extreme to the other side. Please share this podcast on social media and messaging apps. This selection will influence how much taxes we pay and what they're used for. It will determine how we deal with the housing crisis, environmental emergencies, and support lower-income families. The link is nelson2022.ca. Please share it now and come back for the rest of the conversation. So you wanted to talk about fire mitigation. Yeah, the fire mitigation, especially in Nelson, you know, we've had some some lightning hits that have been extremely close this year. We had one up at Pulpit Rock and we had one over at 49 Creek. There's one flared up in Bonington. Uh, and we need a long-term 20-year plan, but that 20-year plan has many stakeholders. There's the provincial government with the parks. There's the many ministries that, that are organized around emergency preparedness, infrastructure, protection. You know, we've got private landowners in the mix. We've got Fortis. We've got BC Hydro. We've got recreation users. We've got wildlife. And right now we have not got a holistic plan and we need a holistic plan. And each one of those entities with the city and the regional district they have worked hard over the last number of years to make sure that they address it the best that they can. And there's a lot of great things that have been done around fire mitigation, but we need that long-term integrated 20-year plan that captures the needs of all of those groups and protects our community, our water, our roads, our food security, everything that we have here, our recreation, 
a destination for tourists. All that is very important. So when you talk about that we don't have a plan for 20 years and that we were so, so close to get hit by a wildfire, what are your feelings about that? Does it make you scared? Does it make you angry? Um, when there is so much information out there and there's a position taken by an individual or group that isn't necessarily factual or accurate and they present it as fact. That bothers me a lot. I think anybody that does have a, a, an opinion should be, it should be a, a researched, it should be based on evidence or fact, and absolutely it's worth listening to. But there are positions that are more emotional or there's positions that, that aren't based on those things that, that can take the airways. So that type of thing is upsetting. But for the most part, not a lot upsets me. I'm a pretty stable Pretty, yeah, this is why I'm asking you. Pretty, right? rational, uh, pretty <laughs> rational person. Yeah. What drives you? Getting stuff done. That's what really drives me is, is you put out a slate of things and you can talk about a bunch of things, but I'm, I'm not one that's really interested in a lot of talk about stuff. I like to get stuff done and I like to see some actionable things. So I tend to like getting things done. What are some of the lessons you got from the pandemic? It was a strong hit for the community at the time, and now everything is back to normal. What are your thoughts about that? You know, when you take a look at the health side, the most important thing is to protect the people that, that could be impacted from that, whether it's, you know, kids or seniors or just the population in general. So you tend to err on the side of caution, ensure that you keep people safe. So I think... Uh, early days, there were a, a lot of pieces that were put into place that were very aggressive, that were there to put the controls in place to ensure that the system didn't get overrun and that people were protected. And I think it evolved. I think now we're back at a point where hopefully everything opens up and, and business gets back to usual. The business community really got hammered through COVID. Uh, and you can take a look at the stats through the Chamber of Commerce. And it, it's a time where people have to really get back to shopping local and supporting local businesses and consider the purchases that you're making and the families and the communities you're supporting and, and, and work to build that community again and support the businesses that are there. So they're around in 10 years or even two years. I think COVID taught us a lot of lessons. Yeah, I like the idea of shopping locally. And... Just the community mindset, is it in there? Is there something else people can do for local businesses? And is there something that the city can do to support them? You know, we have got an extremely strong Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Tom Thompson and Nelson runs a very, very strong, resilient, sustainable, vibrant organization. He's done a great job with the Chamber. And there's some great minds on the board and within the businesses that are that are belonging to the Chamber. Um you know, and when you put all those minds together. Can you just explain about Chamber of Commerce? Yeah. So it, it goes back over 100 years and it, it started as a board of trade. So a bunch of business people got together and, mm -hmm. and their interests and their desires and what they needed to get a strong business community. They needed a voice. So they got together. And over the years, there's a BC Chamber of Commerce. There's, mm -hmm. there's the local Chamber of Commerce's. And they've built different values into those organizations over the years. But the main strength of the chamber is a voice representing all of the businesses, whether it's on tax, whether it's on 
getting staff for your organization, whether it's, it's uh, you know, shopping locally and, and the things that a community needs to support businesses and, and uh, have a really healthy, strong business environment. What is the business community is needing today? What are they asking? Uh, one, one of the biggest things that I hear is that they can't get staff for a lot of the businesses. And uh, I, you know, I think we're, we're in a, a, a cycle where it's going to get harder and harder and harder to get employees. Why? Just by population. You look at demographics and the decrease of, of the people coming up behind the boomers. There won't be sufficient people to fill all the jobs that there are now. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. And then second of all, technology is going to play a big part in some of the transformation that, that is going to happen where, um, and you even see it, you can go in Walmart or wherever it may be. And they, you can, you've got your self checkouts and they had a problem getting staff. So, uh, one of the solutions was, was a self checkout to help, uh, facilitate moving people through more quickly. So you'll see technology, but it's, there's a lot of businesses that still require people and getting the people is probably the the piece that I hear the most about. We need the people that are going to help the businesses grow their businesses. And, and it's right from skilled workers, right down to, to, to people that, uh, you know, they could be going to school. Right. And that's, that's a big part. And that's when I look at this community, those, those are the things that excite us. If we can get some people, you know, grow our educational programs here so that we can bring some young people into the town and retain its vibrancy. If we can uh, look at supporting the forestry sectors and, you know, tech is, is just down the road in Selgar and, and all the feeder businesses that go to those things, those large organizations, they're, they're really the, the core and the foundation of a lot of the business that goes, goes through the Kootenays here. So keeping all those businesses strong is very important. Yeah. So would you say you represent the business community? No. The, no. No. I, I do because I know the business community very well. I've been involved in that community for over 25 years, but I've also been involved in the arts and the culture uh, mm-hmm. part of it. I'm also involved in the sports part of it. So you can't look at a small town. There's heritage here that's extremely important. So you cannot, um, I don't think you, you should run for council if you're a one horse pony. I think you need to look at the whole broad range of, of what Nelson is and what Nelson retains going into the future. We've got a, a strong arts and culture segment here. There is just a big reinvestment into the civic, yeah. civic complex. There's, you know, we've got heritage. We've got a library that they're looking to build. We've got downtown revitalization. So they need some infrastructure first on Baker Street. Once that infrastructure is done, then they can revitalize Baker Street and bring it back to a really, really high standard. Um, it, there's, there's just lots going on in the city right now. We've got four large infrastructure projects. We've got Kulos on the water. We've got across from the New Grand. We've got the health campus. We've got the Civic Theater. Um, and all of those are big projects. And when you look inside the city, we've got extremely talented people in, in building and planning, but they're buried just with all of the other stuff that's going on in Nelson, the renovations, the new builds. You throw those four big projects on there, and that will be a key focus is to ensure that all of those projects are handled efficiently, effectively, 
um, that the developers are, are really looked after through those processes and those really important facilities. Um, you know, they'll go through the whole process and they'll say, man, Nelson was a great place to do business. And as a developer, I want to come back and I want to build that library or I want to build those things. I don't want them coming out of it saying, oh, Nelson was so hard to do business with, or we weren't efficient enough and it cost us a load more money. Those balances inside the city to make sure stuff really, really runs well. Thank you for listening. My name is Yael Feiner, and that was Glenn Sutherland. Glenn is the last candidate I interviewed for this podcast. There were three other candidates that unfortunately I wasn't able to reach. We'll do one more episode on the election day, where I'll be on the spot answering questions instead of asking them. See you then.